When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So the other day, I received a really interesting email from one of my supporters and listeners. I'm not going to share his name for the sake of security and privacy, and and you'll see why here in a second. Uh, What he wanted to share with me was basically his, his overall exposure to silver. The fact that as of right now, he owns somewhere around 18,000 ounces of physical silver, in addition to shares of USLV, which is a leveraged uh, SLV ETF, and junior mining shares uh, of, of silver companies, obviously. And, and if some of this might come off as a bit of a, a humble brag or just a straight up brag, a boast about how much silver, you know, look how rich I am. But it didn't come off as that to me. It was a very kind and, and well-written email. And I think the point of it was to demonstrate just how much he believes in silver. And mind you, this was not his entire asset port. Uh, his, his silver did not make up his entire portfolio. I want to say that's like 25% of his overall portfolio, though, was in silver and gold. And it didn't come off as him being prideful about it, again, but more so him saying, I, I definitely stand to benefit from this and, and thank you for the content you put out. So I asked him, you know, is there anything I can do for you? And he suggested the very topic that I'll be discussing today, not only, you know, when you should buy silver or, or, or why, but what type and, and why it makes sense to diversify from one type of silver to the other. I mean, silver is not just silver. It's more to it than that. I mean, if that was the case, every ounce of silver, when you go to a, to an online dealer, uh, you know, SD Bullion, for example, every ounce of silver, every ounce of gold would be the exact same price, spot price, or, or a certain percentage over spot. But that's not the case. You can find anything from, from you know, maybe at spot or 20, 50 cents over spot, all the way up to hundreds of dollars over spot, depending on what silver you're talking about here. And that's what I want to do. I wanted to, to, to divide you know, your, your silver holdings into five different categories and tell you about what, what I think of as, as being kind of the ideal distribution between those five categories, or, or we'll just call them baskets. Okay. So going through these, number one, liquidity. And I'll talk about exactly what each of these these baskets actually holds here in a second, but the liquidity piece of your silver holdings. Ideally, and of course, it's very from person to person, none of this should be taken as investment advice, 40% of your, your silver holdings should be bought and held with the intention of being a liquid, more liquid than the normal kind of silver or, or generic silver, a liquid type of silver. Again, I'll talk about more about this in a second. Another 40%, I think, should be allocated to cheap silver, low premium generic silver, one ounce, five ounce kilos, whatever. And, and again, I'll talk more about weight, but generic stuff, 40%. Another five per, or sorry, 10% should be allocated to what we'll call semi-numismatics. That's category or basket number three. Semi-numismatic, you know, medium type, premium type stuff. 5% to 
stuff you just like but otherwise can't really throw into one of those baskets or otherwise justify buying but but you just like it you like what it represents what's on it you know some some sort of artistic or or aesthetic quality to it and then finally you know for you for you math whizzes out there at least five percent for the last basket and that is paper silver paper silver derivatives mining shares etc that's kind of my ideal makeup now that's not my own currently currently i don't own any of that paper stuff right now derivatives shares etc i'd like to at some point but i wonder sometimes if i missed out on some of that big move up already that we've seen in, in silver just this year i think there's a big move up to come but it's still kind of like well i missed out on the first you know such and such percentage but i don't you know i don't completely stick to this 40 40 10 5 5 rule that i'm kind of laying out here but that's kind of what i would say is is maybe the best allocation it's going to vary from person to person so what actually goes into these different baskets well we'll start off with liquidity and a type of silver that in both good times and bad you can easily sell to dealers or even individuals with little to no doubt about the actual um you know veracity of the actual silver the fact that it's actually silver because you know the fact of the matter is that even during during normal times when silver is 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 not in massive demand massive monetary or investment demand during times in which you know it's let's be honest isn't worth a ton per ounce you still already have a fair bit of of fake silver products out there that, that have made their way into the market and of course, people are going to be nervous about that, right? If they're trading silver for, for dollars or in worst case scenario, bartering for, for food or whatever, they want to know that it's the real stuff. And the same thing goes for, for larger dealers or, or, or financial institutions, whatever the case might be. More liquidity is present with certain silver products than others. And so namely what I'm talking about here are government minted coins. And this is going to be dependent on your your location, what country you live in. You know, the majority of my viewers, maybe 60, 70% are from the United States. And so it's a bit of a no-brainer that the most liquid silver assets or coins that you can own are American Silver Eagles, as well as, you know, to some extent, 90% uh, junk or or constitutional silver, whatever you want to call it. With, With Eagles, I'd say being a little bit more respectable a little bit more liquid and the the 90 silver have an advantage of being lower premium and divisible because dimes and, and and quarters have far less silver content than a full one ounce american silver eagle but for different locations that's going to vary so worldwide i mean the american silver eagles are going to be close to the top of the list of some of the more widely recognized respected uh or liquid types of silver but you also have things like Canadian maple leaves north of the border and and again kind of worldwide you know across the pond in in Europe you're going to have things like Britannia's Austrian Philharmonics are a big one some of those other bullion type uh, uh, government minted coins you know I'd stay away from things like Armenian uh, Noah's Arks for for the sake of liquidity because they're just not super widely held or known and then of course you know in australia you have many perth mint products the, the kangaroos and whatnot you know chinese pandas are, are popular in many parts of the world but it's sort of up to you to kind of figure out in your locality you know what the most popular ones would be you know south african kurgans especially gold ones are, are fairly popular and and widely recognized around the world uh 
despite you know being South Africa being a fairly small market for silver and gold. So those are some of the big ones that kind of fall in that liquidity basket. And yes, it is true that you know in terms of liquidity, if if you're making larger sales, sometimes other types are more generic type silver can be qualified as liquid. So for example, I mean, uh, Comex delivery bars, a thousand ounce bars roughly, those are generic by all accounts. They're, they're not government minted or anything. And yet for trading purposes, they're very liquid. I mean, it's pretty much what they, they accept on the Comex. And, and, and the same is true for most you know types of exchanges where there's any sort of physical metal uh, exchange in hands. But for smaller transactions, selling to dealers, et cetera, I think that those government-minted coins, low, fairly low premium, are going to be your best bet. Now, the next uh, category here is generics. And that is pretty straightforward. When, when it comes to generics, don't overthink it. The only thing really to, to pay attention to is the price over premium and whether or not you trust the seller. So if you're buying from a big dealer, generally speaking, you, you can be sure that it's real silver. But otherwise, I mean, it's just whatever is the lowest over spot. You know, get it at spot, 50 cents. I would say, you know, shoot for, for all your generic purchases being around or less than a dollar over spot. You know, be patient and whatnot. But that's kind of the second basket, 40% of, of your overall holdings. And and the reason that it's such a large chunk is because there is a fair bit of liquidity, I believe, with, say, one-ounce buffalo rounds or something like that. Maybe not as much as American Silver Eagles, uh, but they're cheap. You get more silver for your buck. And, and from an ounce-to-ounce perspective, you know, a dollar or two here and there might not seem like a big deal. But, again, when you're talking about, in, in this individual's case, uh, 18,000 ounces of silver... It, it certainly makes a difference, right? If you're looking generic versus a American Silver Eagles, 18,000 ounces, you're talking uh, at least an $18,000 difference, if not more, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 difference between generics and American Silver Eagles, depending on the quantity and when and where you're buying them. So it does make a difference, and, and oftentimes you can sell it for a similar uh, amount in terms of premium uh, uh you may be paying or selling close to the spot, maybe slightly below, slightly above, depending on where you're selling and who you're selling to. But it's you're not really buying it or selling it for the premium. You're just buying and selling it for the the silver content and the uh, you know the underlying price of that silver. Now, category number three, semi numismatics. This is one that I'm less, uh, um, I guess, well read on or less interested in, personally speaking. Uh, we're talking 10% of of one silver holdings, and this is definitely one that you can overthink or I should say you should put more thought into. With generics don't overthink it. With semi-numismatics put some more thought into it. But but the idea behind semi-numismatics is you have the added benefit of the appreciation in premium over time. Meaning, let's say you go out and buy some some Australian kookaburros for 3 or $4 over spot. I don't know exactly what they are but let's say you're 3 or $4 over spot. Well, if, if silver double, doubles in value over a certain time span, you have the underlying price of that silver doubling. So you have that benefit. But in addition to that, you also have an increased premium over time. That's not always the case. It's not a sure thing. But oftentimes that's the case. And so, you know, a doubling, let's say silver into 36, you know, you might be selling them for, for $46 per ounce or per coin. 
and 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 additionally, let's say silver doesn't do anything over that time span. Well, if you're holding just generics, you're, you're in dollar terms, your investment hasn't gone up in value. But if you have some numismatics, you might have gained a couple dollars per ounce just because over time they accrue a, a premium. Now there's risk with that. If there's no risk, everybody would do that. It's not a sure thing that premiums premiums going to increase over time at all. But if you're smart about it, if you pay attention to mintages and, and just how the coin looks in the first place, the, the type of future market for those coins, you know, I think it, there, there's something to be said for semi-numismatics. Plus, you know, for many people, they, they find more satisfaction in buying slash collecting coins that look good. And, and there's a little bit more thought, a little more rarity that goes into it beyond just a plain old American silver eagle or a plain old, uh, you know, buffalo silver round. Now, number four on this list is stuff you like. Not going to go into it too much, but that could be poured silver. It could be, you know, some of the community bars that we have here in the the, the YouTube or Instagram or Facebook community or whatever. Uh, you, you're usually buying this stuff at a premium without a whole lot of expectation of being able to sell it at a significant premium. It's just stuff you like, and that's why I kind of put it as 5% of your overall portfolio. You don't want to overdo it in this category. It, will you be able to sell it? Um, in many cases, you, you probably could find a buyer, but you're probably going to be losing a fair bit in premium, and that's why I, I personally try and limit um, my purchases of these products. But, you know, an ounce here, ounce there, I think there's nothing wrong with it. And then finally, the last 5% that, that I don't actually have in my own portfolio, but I think is not a bad idea, especially once you build up a, a decent physical base of silver, is the paper silver products. So there's a variety of methods to do this, and I'm not going to go over all of them in this video, but that can be silver miners, that can be junior silver miners. Uh, there are uh, ETFs, leverage ETFs, that have exposure to, to a whole variety of silver miners. Or you can do the same with gold, gold miners. Uh, in addition, you have things like SLV, which you can gain exposure to not only by buying uh, and then selling the price of, of or the shares of SLV, which is directly linked to the price of silver over time and make some money there. But you also can do things like trading options and whatnot on, on SLV or any of those other silver products and gain extra leverage with extra risk, you know, through, through buying call options, put options, etc. to the price of silver. You know, the advantage to this is that you can get greater gains with paper. If we're talking about in fiat terms, uh, you also can get greater losses, but you also can get gains even if the price of silver is sideways or even negative. Right, whereas your physical holdings aren't going to increase much or just lose value during that time period, right? So you have that added benefit. Uh, I, I do like to keep this a small amount of anybody's portfolio because you know there are many many investors out there that go all in on, on gold or silver, but it's just the paper variety, and, and I don't trust it. But in terms of making paper gains, fiat gains, and then you know paying bills with that or, or, or putting it into more physical silver. You don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that as long as you're decent at it. I'd say I think the vast majority of just average investors maybe aren't the best at it and, and you very well may lose the majority of the time and, and maybe you know yourself that you're not a good trader and you just stay away from that altogether. But I don't rule it out altogether because I think some people can make pretty decent gains off of, off of these type of paper, silver, products it just takes discipline it takes a, a broader knowledge about silver and gold whereas buying physical silver physical gold is, is pretty straightforward and and you don't have to if you don't want to pay too much 
close attention to the day in day out movements and in the you know underlying price and so i do include this in there um but you have to understand that it's it's much riskier than than just physical silver plus there's always that the possibility of of a major financial shakeup which would render any sort of slv or even mining shares uh worthless or trading at a significant discount right i always talk about slv right because that's a big one out there uh not being fully backed by silver they claim they are and i have my doubts well under normal trading conditions like right now it doesn't matter moves up and down with the price of silver but but that's not why we own silver and gold right we own silver and gold for the exceptional circumstances when normal paper assets are, are not trading thinly traded extremely illiquid risky or you know altogether the exchanges are not open or, or you have no way to to get your money from the bank or from your brokerage account or Robinhood or whatever, right? That's why we own silver and gold is for those exceptional moment, moments uh, when when liquidity and and having it in your physical possession is is most important. So, you know, I, I want to I don't want to come off as like too close minded and say don't do that at all. You know, some people and and I respect their opinion completely. I see where they're coming from. Say you know it's it's almost immoral to do that type of stuff. Uh, not necessarily, I don't think. I mean, there's there's can be a sense of irresponsibility if you go too crazy with with making call or put options in one direction or another and, and it almost becomes like like gambling at some point, right? Just betting on the market going up or down over a short period of time. But if you're responsible, level-headed, well-informed about it, and, and ultimately you're using those assets just to you know, pay off bills, either the profits or, or buy more silver, I think there's nothing wrong with it. But it's easy to get carried away with it because... So you have to be disciplined. It's easy to get carried away with it because of the allure of of massive dollar profits. And and ultimately, that's not why we're into silver and gold, right? There, there's dollar profits that can come along the way, but it's more about protection, insurance, savings. And yes, you know, we want the value to go up in, in purchasing power, not just dollars, but... But but we're there's a reason that we're not getting into to Bitcoin or or penny stocks or something like that. Those are risky, and and we're not looking for that. So, as always, you know, I, I'd appreciate your feedback in this video. Let me know what your your split is. Right, I'm putting a 40-40, uh, 10-5-5 split between these five baskets. Uh, but let me know what yours is. Thanks again to the viewer that sent in this this uh, question for this topic. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. And I appreciate all you guys. If you ever have ideas for videos, uh, leave them in the comment section or, or shoot me an email at w23mad at gmail.com. But as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.